Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is our fifth and final episode of our series, Your Story. Before I introduce our guest, I want to remind you all of our most recent episode of the series with Megan Gifford. She shares her vulnerability and story with us of how she faced her father's suicide and many physical ailments. She also gives us tangible steps to face trauma head on. If you haven't had a chance to catch our previous episodes, visit liptalknation.com and there you'll find more resources to help you live a life in purple. On our show today, our guest has a very special and powerful story for this time of year. As we approach the end of the year, Megan Brantley wants to share her joy and good news with us. She's a very talented artist from painting murals to making wooden spoons and utensils. This story has triumphed all over it. Before we get to know her, I want to welcome Megan to the show. Thank you for being on Life in Purple. Megan, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honestly honored to be part of this thing that you've been creating over the past year or two. It's truly an honor to be on this show. Megan, I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. You just gave me all the good feels right there. It has been quite (laughs) the adventure, I would say, for the past year, over a year. And so uh, the feeling is likewise. So Megan, Like I said, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. So will you share with us and share with the listeners where you are from and how you got your start as an artist? Sure. I am from a very small town in South Alabama. It's called Bruton. And it's, I'd say, probably our biggest attraction is a Walmart. (laughs) I've lived there my entire life. I've never left. And honestly, I don't regret it. I actually love living in a small town. It definitely has its pros and cons. Art has been part of my life as long as I can remember. I remember being a child and I didn't really want things like dolls and toys. I remember wanting Sharpies and paint and basically anything I could make something out of. All throughout school, I always loved art. When I got about college age, I realized that I didn't do something with art that I would be wasting my life. So I went to school for graphic design, hated it, hated sitting in front of a computer all day. So I quit for two years and I just kind of enjoyed myself. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. 18 is a little young, I think, to know what you want to do with the rest of your life. Still not really sure that I know the answer to that question now and I'm 30. So I ended up going back for art education. I decided to become a teacher and share my love of art with others. And so I graduated from UWF with an art education degree. And that's kind of where I am now. 
Megan, I love so much that you followed your passion in art. You you confessed to us that if you didn't do art, it was just not going to be bearable for you, basically. And so you're constantly asking your parents or whoever for gifts. This had to do with art, Sharpies and things like that. And that's what I really really love about you is like straight up and and you even went to school for it but then decided you hated it because you don't want to be in front of the computer and then (laughs) you went back though for education because it was still a big part of you and I can't wait to share with the listeners how your healing journey your story basically of what you're currently doing with your artwork so about a month ago I had the pleasure to sit down with you and your husband and hear some of the obstacles and the triumph in your your lives I just knew the listeners need to hear your story as well so before we get to the good news will you share with the listeners what some of those obstacles were that you and your husband Shannon by the way is his name faced that caused you to think that there was no hope in having a child? Sure. Um, Shannon and I started dating uh, in 2000, it was 2007. And we got married four years later in 2011. We're one of those couples that I would say everyone meets us and they're like, oh, you guys are absolutely perfect for each other. We rarely fight. We just, we've always just gotten along really well. We have a lot of similar interests, which I think is one of our our keys to, you know, having a great relationship. So about a year after we were married, we decided that we wanted to expand our family. So we started trying to have a child. Well, you know, most people, you see them, they start to have a child and it happens within a month or two and they have a baby on the way. That wasn't really the case for us. We started trying, nothing happened. And about a year into trying, still nothing. So we started going to a doctor and they told us simple things like just try charting your temperature, tracking your cycle, things like that. So we did. Still no luck. About two years into trying, I finally fell pregnant. I remember it snowed in Bruton like a couple weeks before I found out, which is a rare occurrence. And the whole town shut down. So we spent a lot of time inside. (laughs) And a while after that, I found out I was pregnant. And we were so excited and immediately told everyone we knew, started thinking of names, and we're just over the moon. The two-year wait kind of diminished because you don't really think about it when you finally get what you're looking for. About a week after knowing, I went to bed one night, woke up with horrible, horrible cramps. And I went to the bathroom and there was also bleeding. So I called my OB hours later when their office finally opened. And they basically told me, you know, there's not really anything we can do. Just lay down. So me not wanting to take that for an answer, I found a local OB, went and they confirmed that I'd had a miscarriage. That was obviously a very, very tough thing to go through. And I understand that many, many have been through that same situation and if you have it it is just like the death of a child which is you know what it is so right after that moment I would say that is probably where depression really started to set in for me you know I feel like a lot of people view depression as something that only crazy people deal with but I think everyone uh, to some extent deals with depression in their life 
from certain circumstances that they go through. And it was just a really, really, really dark time. And a few months later, we decided to take Sentinel Root and Triclomid. Well, I got pregnant again. We went in for our first ultrasound and there was a sac, but there was no actual baby. So once again, total darkness. I can remember staring at the lavender walls in the doctor's office and just asking God, why? You know, why us? Why why two people who are following you and, and love each other so much? We want this child so much. Why won't you provide this for us? Immediately, you begin to kind of blame yourself and feel like it's all your fault. Really, it's not, but you can't see that at the time. And it was just a really, really dark time. Everywhere you go, everyone's pregnant. You get on Facebook. There's a million pregnancy announcements, and it's really difficult to deal with. All of my friends were having kids left and right, and people constantly asking you, oh, well, you know, when are you guys going to have children? And I know that that's just small talk, but if you've never dealt with those struggles, that's a horrible, horrible question to ask someone if you don't know what they're going through. That was kind of where we got, and I was it was a very dark time. Wow, Megan. I and, Yeah, I'm sorry. I just want the listeners to understand a few things right here, so we'll continue on. But Lip Talk Nation, many of you can probably relate to that same question Megan pointed pointed out that you should probably not really ask married couples, even in the beginning, even if it's small talk, like Megan pointed out. So when are you going to start a family? That question, Megan, you're right. It's so damaging to the soul when these people don't know what you've gone through. So really, I'm going to challenge you listeners to reflect on asking this question or if you've been asked this question to see if you have any darkness that you've suppressed and not dealt with because Megan is about to tell you um, how she dealt with her depression. So I want you to really describe to the listeners what were some of the hardest moments for you before the triumph came, before we get to the good news. You mentioned that you asked the question uh, or you said that you blamed yourself. So will you walk us through that a little bit? Did you blame yourself or how much did you blame yourself? And did you even feel guilty? Okay. Walk us through that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think as a woman, your body is made to do this one amazing thing, which is to produce a child, which sounds really simple, but it's actually a very complex action. And when you can't do that one thing that your body's made to do, it's, it's crippling. And it makes you feel, honestly, like less of a woman. You don't feel attractive. You don't feel worthy. And it's really, really, really tough. And and you feel like, I feel like my spouse suffered also because I wanted to just be able to provide that not only for myself, but for him also. And knowing that I couldn't was so hard. And I did. I, I felt guilt every day of my life that my body wasn't able to do the things that it was made to do, especially when I saw people who, you know, anytime they even blinked, they were able to produce a child. And it's really tough. And we always want to compare ourselves to others and we shouldn't do that. I know that, but we do. I mean, it's just human nature. So yes, I I definitely blame myself every day. 
I love how you just pointed out that we as women, we do compare ourselves to other women and even though we shouldn't. And so Lip Talk Nation, Megan is being really vulnerable with us and uh, sharing her story with us. And I know that some of you need to tell your own story. And that's what this month is all about, is sharing your story. Because I believe that it is the second most important story in the world is your own. And so Megan... I know that you went through this this guilt, this anger even. You can't do what you thought your body was created to do. You're blaming yourself on a daily basis. But you told me that you started doing something along the way to help you start healing. So what was it that you started doing to help you he- in the healing process and dealing with the miscarriages? Well, I've been an artist, like I said earlier, as long as I can possibly remember uh, mostly was a painter. I did some photography, a uh, little bit of printmaking, things like that. And But I knew that I loved to create. And especially if I was dealing with any heavy emotions in my life, that was usually the most creative times that I had. So after our second miscarriage, we have a friend who has a house at Lake Martin, and he found out and just immediately out of the love of his heart, just threw us the keys to his house and said, here, go for the weekend, stay as long as you need to, and just enjoy yourself. We hopped in the car and drove about two hours north, stopped for wine and snacks. And when we got there, we just rested on his beautiful porch that overlooks the lake. And it was such a tough moment, but at the moment, it was exactly what we needed. So I knew that I wanted to create and that I had to create. There really wasn't an for me and I feel like that throughout life it's not you know a a want for me it's a need I have to or I go just I want to combust inside if I don't create so I decided that I kind of wanted to try carving a spoon it was just some little kitschy thing that I thought maybe I would give a shot so we drove over to Atlanta we took the back roads and it was so beautiful and I bought a couple of simple wood carving tools I went back and decided to give it a try. Something really magical happened when I started carving this small, simple wooden spoon. And it was like as soon as I started carving away the layers, there were no thoughts in my head. It was just the simple task at hand was the only thing I could really focus on, which was a beautiful thing at the moment. Not that I needed to suppress all of my emotions, but I needed something to positive to focus my energy toward. So I kind of fell in love with it, to be honest. Uh, Being a visual artist, I was afraid that painting would be a little bit too literal. I poured everything into it. I started carving every day, every free minute that I had, and it just became something that helped me. It, It healed my soul, to be honest. And every day that I would carve away layer after layer, it was like, you know, the symbol of me carving away emotion after emotion in my life, just sitting for hours doing this mundane task. It was such a healing thing that I never would have expected. And so after doing it for a little while and carving a few spoons and Christmas rolled around, we gave a bunch for Christmas presents. My husband, Shannon, made a bunch of really cool wooden lamps. He was already into woodworking, so any excuse to buy his wife woodworking tools, he was all for. Our family really kind of got behind us and said, okay, you really need to turn this into a business. Quit giving all your stuff away. Maybe you should try to make some money. So we did. We started an 
a company called Flannel and Floral, and it's just all the things that we make. And it's never been work ever since we started doing it. It's It's been so much fun, and we've had our work sold all over the United States, and everything we make is not just something that you know it's thrown together we put our heart and soul into every piece of of wooden wares that we make and I don't know I mean it's we did a show called Southern Makers and I can remember Shannon telling a story that at one moment I looked over at him and I said you know this is the happiest I've been in a really long time and I honestly think that if I would not have started carving that I would be in a way different place than I am now and I think that that's that's one of the biggest keys of working through emotions in life is, is focusing your energy to something positive. And I know a lot of people give me the excuse a lot. Oh, well, I'm not creative at all. You know, I, I can't even draw a stick person. And I always say, well, it's probably a good thing because most artists don't really make it very famous by, you know, drawing stick people anyway. So you'll be fine. <laughs> but Everyone can be creative in some way or another. You don't have to be able to paint like Michelangelo to be creative. I mean, there's endless amounts of ways you can use your creativity, and and usually it will heal you. It will heal you no matter what you're going through in life. So that's that's kind of really the biggest thing that helped to heal me throughout the past few years. Megan, I am nodding my head yes in agreement because this is truly beauty and brokenness. Lip Talk Nation, I want you to hear, I want you to see, can you picture what Megan went through and then at this darkest moment, she still went and pursued what she truly loved, which was art. And I'm not taking away from the love of her husband or the love of God or the love of people, but she decided to create And so you started creating these spoons and you just wanted to try it. And then it turned into this beautiful thing with you and your husband uh, in this business called Flannel and Floral, which is really awesome. And so I know along the way that you've used this also as a ministry to help others overcome other overcome their own obstacles. And this is a beautiful sign, beautiful story. So how has your faith played a part in your healing process as well? I would say that my faith has kind of been on a roller coaster throughout this whole process. It all started about four years ago. And, you know, I would say at first I was very positive. I've always had a, a great relationship with God, but I feel like those low moments, it was really tough not to be mad at him and upset with him. But I think Honestly, he used those trials in my life to make me the person that I am now. And it was hard, really, really hard to see that at the lowest points. But now that I look back, I do see that. And my husband and I both agreed that, you know, in a way we're thankful for those trials because we will appreciate things so much more. It's kind of like working a job to to buy a car. You're really going to appreciate that car that had to work so hard to buy but if someone just gives you one you're really not going to appreciate it very much I would say one of the biggest moments I had with faith lately was um, about I'd say a week after Shannon's sister called and told us that she was pregnant which was great news but she was crying because she felt such guilt calling to tell us that she was expecting 
And it was a low moment for me. I was so happy for her, but that's what no one tells you about infertility is not only does it steal your joy, it's of others around you. And something that should normally be such happy news was something that she had to dread to call and tell us. So I have this devotional called In the Wait by Holly Holt, and I think there's a few other authors also. And if if you're going through any type of struggle waiting on something, whether it be a, a wife, a child, a job, a home, whatever it might be, I would highly, highly suggest it. It's great. But I read over this scripture, and it's in James, and it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. The one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When I read that, it just slapped me in the face because that's where my faith was at the time. I was asking God constantly for this child. But as soon as the thought left my mouth, I was automatically doubting that he was going to provide it. I think that's the point where my faith really kind of swapped. And I just started putting everything in God. Instead of me doubting him, I said, you know, Lord, all of this is in your hands, every ounce of it. I can't carry any of this load. It's all on you. And my faith really turned around then. I mean, it's always been there. It's never disappeared. But there's been moments where it's been very low, you know. Megan, okay, I'm going to stop you right there because you just, you laid out this foundation of vulnerability with us and talking about really being angry at at God. And there's a lot of people who are and they, they have a hard time admitting it. So that's the first thing that I want people to do. I want the listeners to understand, Megan, is that you have to admit your real feelings and your real emotions. And I love how you also said that your relationship and your faith with God was a really a roller coaster. And that's so true. That's life. And and I love this vulnerability in your voice, in your soul, and in your story. But I also love how you pointed out your aha moment, Megan, where you highly suggest the devotional in the wait. And I can't wait, wait to read it myself. But you said that it mentioned the scriptures in James, you know, where it talks about faith. If you lack wisdom, ask for it. If you lack anything, ask for it. And that really stands out to me. And I almost teared up because I understand so well. And the listeners do too. And they need people like you to share your story so that they have the power to tell their own. So you have some good news coming up. All right. So this is why I wanted to stop you for a second, because this led into when you had this swap in your mind, where you released everything to God, instead of just praying for a child, you released everything. So you surrendered all of your thoughts to him. So what is this good news during this aha moment that you had? I would love for you to share the events leading into your good news, which has been very recent, by the way. So go ahead. Tell us. Tell us the next part. About a week after I read that scripture, I just really started to completely put all my faith in God. I just started a new job teaching elementary art in our hometown. I was supposed to be on birth control because I was taking another round of Clomid with a trigger shot. And basically all this shot did for me was give me really large cysts on my ovaries. To sort of downplay that, they suggested birth control. Well, when I got off work every day, the pharmacy was already closed. 
So I never picked it up thinking, you know, why, why should I even bother? It's not like I'm going to end up pregnant. I was at home on a Sunday and realized that my cycle was a few days late. So I went and bought a test again and I took it. And right before I looked at the results, I said, okay, God, this is, this is all your responsibility right now. It's, I have nothing to do with this. I'm putting all of this in your hands. All of my faith is in you that you're going to provide this child that you know that we desperately want. So I looked down and it was positive and I immediately kind of wanted to pass out because I wondered how it was even possible that it was positive. And I walked out in the shop, Shannon was printing t-shirts and I showed them and we were both just in awe, you know, and, and that's another thing about infertility is it's hard to ever really feel that same amount of joy the first as you do the first time you find out you're pregnant because along with joy comes this fear you know of what if it happens again so we were pretty weary of rushing to tell everyone so we decided and we went to the doctor everything was fine we finally got to see a heartbeat and now I'm currently 20 weeks pregnant we went today for the anatomy scan and everything looks perfect super healthy baby girl who will be here uh well her due date is may 6th so somewhere around there hopefully megan the good news is out i am so i'm smiling so big on the edge of my chair Uh, lip talk nation you know i already knew the story so i'm just so excited for you and shannon because i know you personally but your story really is beautiful so i'm so glad that the good news is out you have really great things happening you just had your 20-week checkup oh my goodness so a question for you that maybe the listeners are curious about because you've had a couple of miscarriages before and you were so careful and cautious because like you said along with it along with joy comes fear so are you considered a high-risk pregnancy and how are things going for you and your husband right now uh, at first was, but um, since everything's been progressing really normal, they haven't, you know, flagged me on the high risk list. And right now, our, Shannon and I are doing great. I think that this whole journey has brought us so much closer together over the years. I mean, Shannon has shown me the truest, rawest form of unconditional love, the way that he's actually been able to love me in some of my moments over the years. But I think right now we both just feel honestly so grateful every day and blessed and just we're just ecstatic. I mean, we can't wait to meet this miracle, which is what she is, you know, a miracle child. I love this so much. Okay, so Lip Talk Nation, I do know both of them. And what she said is true just from what I see. And her husband, Shannon, adores her. I love watching them together. And I also love that your journey keeps unfolding how you said it's brought you guys closer together so um, there's empowerment right there too so Megan thank you so much for sharing your beautiful story of triumph with you Uh, so who have been some of your heroes or prayer warriors along the way that have kept you from giving up Uh, I would say Shannon is number one for sure and then definitely our immediate family and All of our friends have been there right by our side, you know, constantly praying for us, constantly helping out, you know, throughout all the things we've been through. 
And also everyone that shared their story with me, I think that was one of the biggest things that really helped me through it was knowing that I wasn't alone and that I wasn't the only person that had been through this. You know, when I shared my, my story publicly, people came from all over sharing their stories with me. And, and that was just really touching. So I think that all of those people have helped me to get to where I am today also. And I'm going to say right there, Lip Talk Nation, support is key. You are not alone. Megan, you, of course, said Shannon was your number one person cheering you on. And of course, your immediate family. But you also said everyone who shared their story with you helped you, helped you know that you're not alone. And that's exactly why I wanted you to share it here on Life in Purple. I believe people's stories need to be told because we are, none of us are alone. So Megan, I love that it helped you heal along the way. So um, I'm really excited for you and you'll have to keep us posted for sure. But Megan, thank you again for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. Now it's time to move to the part of the show where we get to know you on a really fun level. We call this our lightning round, Megan. The questions are simple. They're easy to answer. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, probably to fly, I would say, because it would be really awesome to just fly wherever you want for a few hours and fly back home. That makes me smile so big, Megan, because that's my first answer to when I say, when people <laughs> ask me, so I love it and I'm right there with you. Okay, how do you like your coffee or do you even like coffee? Yes, I love coffee, and I like it black. Black? Wow, you're the second person to tell me this in a very short amount of time, and it's another (laughs) woman. I think that's really awesome, which I find shocking, but awesome at the same time. That's a powerful cup of coffee right there, black lip talk nation. Boom. All right, what's your most embarrassing moment? (laughs) Well, I probably can't give too many details about it on here, but... To be honest, I'll have to be honest because it is my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> okay. I sent a very inappropriate, I guess you could call it a meme. It was sort of a photo. It was not of me. It was just a generic photo uh, to a youth minister that had the same name as a friend of mine. <gasps> and they were not, they did not have a very good sense of humor about it. I'll just say that. So that was definitely my most embarrassing <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, you're on the blacklist right there. Oh, oh well, well, um, that is kind of funny, Megan. So I really appreciate you sharing that. All right, Megan, moving on. <laughs> what is your favorite food? Uh, definitely pizza, homemade pizza or any really, really, really good pizza. Homemade pizza. I love a good homemade pizza, too. So do you have any weird cravings being pregnant? Um, actually, I really haven't I would say mostly anything fruit like fruity stuff like real fruit and fruit flavored things like fruit snacks <laughs> that is awesome hey that's vitamin c right there see you're it's, it's healthy yeah. totally healthy <laughs> yeah Megan totally. you're awesome so if you could have any car in the world what would it be Oh, wow. I'm a weird person when it comes to cars. I've never really been that into them. I would say anything designed in the 50s. Ah, um, yes. I love everything designed in the 50s. So all of their cars, like, give me any of them, and I would be happy with it. Do you have a particular color that you like from the 50s? 
Oh, definitely like the mint green. Uh huh. Me too. I'm like, I just love it too. And I love the 50s. So we're like right there. Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, I love it. So, okay, our final question in the lightning round What is your favorite color? I would say probably like a shade of blue, maybe like a robin's egg blue. Ooh, that's very specific. (laughs) Shade of blue, (laughs) robin egg blue. That's like I said, that's very specific and I love it. And you passed the lightning round, Megan. So we're going to keep moving on. And I got a few more questions to ask you, Megan. Thank you for sharing those super fun facts about you. And once again, your vulnerability and your story. So do you have any final words of wisdom or encouragement for the listeners who are are wanting a glimpse of hope? Oh, absolutely. I would say that don't ever give up, even though it's the easy thing to do sometimes and it's very tempting. You know, just staying in the game is definitely the better option. And also surrounding yourself with others who have been through your same situation is also a very good idea. And surrounding yourself with just a positive group of people that love and care about you, even though sometimes they may say things that you don't necessarily want to hear at the moment they are probably saying them because they love and they do care about you. And I think that that's, that's probably one of the biggest things to get you through. Also lots of prayer and wine helped me through all of the things that I've been through. I love it. I love your answers so much. And I, Lip Talk Nation, this right here is the core of how to heal. Don't give up. Surround yourself with people who have been where you are and stop believing the lies that you're alone. Megan, and I really appreciate you telling us those encouraging words. And I love your story of good news, hope, and triumph. Megan, thank you for being on the show. So will you keep us posted when you have your baby? You need to keep us posted. Send us in pictures and all that. Okay, I can't wait. So seriously, I'm very excited for you. Will you share with us now where we can find out more about you and what you are doing and your artwork? even your email address, you and your husband both. Sure. Um, So our joint email address and our business email address is flannelandfloral at gmail.com. We also have um, social media on Facebook and we have Instagram and you can just search flannel and floral on both of those social media sites and find us. Awesome. And then your website. Give us your website address. And then the website is the same thing. It's just flannelandfloral.com. How exciting. And uh, yeah, I want the listeners to go and see your wood work as well. The spoons that you're creating and what your husband is creating. They're very beautiful, Megan. Oh, and you're such an amazing young woman. I can't wait to see how the future (laughs) unfolds for you and Shannon. So much joy going on right now in my soul. So thank you for spending time with us at Life in Purple, Megan. It's been a pleasure having you on the show and letting the listeners glean value from your experience. So thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly been a pleasure. Uh, It is all pleasures, all mine. Thank you listeners for spending time with us also at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. And if you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a friendly review. And for Android users, send me a quick email to laura at laurasprague.com. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, 
what you say is what you become.